If you're a first-time guest, uh, we're going to be going through uh, the whole Bible, <laughs> the whole thing today. So, uh, no, we're going through Ephesians. We're going through uh, a couple verses in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 15 through 23. So having the Bible in front of you is, is important. If you did not bring a Bible, we have one on each lamp on the side of the room. And if you don't own a Bible, that's our gift to you. Uh, we believe that the Bible is full of absolute truth. And so that's why we get into it. We really study this thing and, and know uh, what God is telling us, his people, how to live, um, how to love people around us, and, and how to just do life. And so if you would, open your Bible to Ephesians chapter 1. And I'm going to read verses 15 through 23. And then I think God has some incredible things for us, each and every one of us, as we open it up. And so as we're reading this, be praying, be asking God, no matter where, where you find yourself in this room, maybe you came into this room and you're saying, I don't, I don't know God at all. Okay, that's fair. Maybe you're saying, I've been a Christian for 40 years and I, you know, that's just kind of where you're at. Each of us, if we approach this scripture and say, God, show me who you are for the place that I am in my life, I can guarantee this, his spirit will speak to each and every one of us. So my prayer is that our hearts will be open and that his spirit, his spirit will be moving in our minds and our hearts as we go through this. So let's read through this. Ephesians chapter 1, so we'll start in verse 15. For this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the in the Lord Jesus, and your love towards all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, that the God of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, What are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints? And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the work of his great might? That he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. Far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him as head over to all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all and all. Is that a lot to read? That's a lot of words, isn't it? If you were here last week, you, you know that we're in one of the longest sentences in the New Testament in Greek. I mean, it covers a massive amount of just words, 202 words, one sentence in the Greek. And Paul, the continuing run-on sentence over and over and over again. And so there's so many thoughts right here. But what I want to talk about is maybe in some of your Bibles, a little subheading right there, it says the thankfulness or prayer. And I'm not sure what your, what your title may say, but this is, this is like a thankfulness and a prayer of Paul as he's been instructing the church um, as to who God is. And so as we look at the verses we just read, verses 15 through 23, I want to break it up into three easy sections for us. The first section you find in verses 15 through 16, the first half of 16, and you can kind of title this, Paul gives thanks to God for his readers. The people that are reading this letter, Paul's giving them thanks, and we'll get into why here in a minute. But that's what you see in verses 15 and half of 16. 
And then the second section would be the second half of 16 through 19 is Paul prays for them. How cool is that? I'm, I'm excited for that part for sure. We'll get there quick, okay? And then the third section would be verses 20 through 23. And this is just incredible. God is praised for Christ, who is the head over all things. He's head over the church. So look around. Here's the nutshell for what those means. Look around. God's in charge. He's in charge of his church. He's in charge of his people. And I say, amen, God, for who you are and what you do. So let's begin to unpack these a little bit. There's kind of the highlight of what we're going to talk about. But as we get into verse 15, it says, for this reason. Well, if you're just now reading this, you might be asking yourself, what, what reason? Because we're, we're in the middle of this letter. So what reason? What's the reason? And if you look back just to verse 13 and 14, this is why Paul is saying, for this reason, what reason? Everything that he said earlier was this. Everything that was uh, just said in the letter in your Bible, especially, this is why he's saying for this reason, especially Christ bringing unity all things, redeeming humankind for his glory. He's bringing together Gentiles to be equal with the Jews in verse 13 and 14. And then both are being sealed by the Holy Spirit. So for that reason, that's how he starts these in verse 15. For those things, those things that I just said, for that reason, and then he goes on. We get down to verse 16. I do not cease to give thanks to you. Oh, my goodness. I do not cease to give thanks for you. So a question for you. Paul is writing. If you remember, where is he at when he's writing? Anyone? He's in jail. He's in Rome. He's under house arrest. And so he's writing to these readers, and he's saying these beautiful things about Christ. And he starts hearing about his readers and how they're receiving it and how they're living their life. And he says, for this reason, I give thanks for you. Because I'm in jail, I'm in Rome, and I definitely need encouragement. Ever need to know that someone in your life, if you ever need to know that someone is holding you in high regard and sees the same things that you do? Are you ever in the point where you're down and out, maybe house arrest in Rome, And you're just writing this letter that hopefully somebody gets. And hopefully they understand what you're talking about. And hopefully this goes well. And just out of all hope, he's writing and sends it. And then the reports get back and he's just going, I give thanks for you. Because you get it. You see it the way I do. How about your life? Have you ever needed encouragement from someone? Someone to just hold you up and say, yeah, you're right on track. Good job. Keep going. Like, yes, I see it the same way you do. I feel the same thing you do. The best illustration that I can come up with. Have you ever been to a Denver Bronco game? We're in Colorado. Who's been to a Denver Bronco game? All right. Come on, loosen this up. Raise your hand, Jade. Put it up. There you go. So if you walk to the Denver Bronco game, one, you have to park like six miles away. And that's kind of fun. Everyone's in their Bronco gear, you know, going down. 
quarter. Half the people are drunk already. I mean, just walking down. But at every single Denver Bronco game, there's that hotel right in front of the stadium. And the hotel right in front of the stadium is like a parking lot, you know, four times the size of this room. And that's usually where the opposing team, they set up to have their, their, their picnic or something. And so if they're playing the Seahawks, that little cute little parking lot right there is where all the, the drunk Seahawk fans are. And they're like, yeah, man. Yeah, they're, they're like cheering. They're like, okay. <laughs> Here we are, right, like, right here, like this is our pocket, this is our people. But as soon as one of those, those people leave out into the sea of oranges, like, uh-oh, you know, getting a little confused. But they have, their, they have their people, they have their encouragement, they have it going on right there, and it's kind of cute. But Paul, in, in this place, as he's writing and he's hearing back what's happening, he's going, I give thanks for you. I give thanks for you. It's in our darkest places. It's good to see and hear that other people are standing strong. I remember going off to college and had a handful of friends that I would say were Christians. And little by little, I would hear how this person just suddenly was, was not a Christian or doing something other than, than what we knew what was right according to the word of God. And little by little, just hear these reports and it would just take a little piece of me away every time. Just going, are you kidding me? It's in those darkest places that when we see someone standing strong, I bet Paul was like fist bumping all day long saying, thank you, I give thanks for you. The Bible talks about it a lot, iron sharpens iron. What do we talk about at church? We talk about accountability. We talk about talking and praying together and encouraging each other and laughing together. And what are the one of the ways that we do that? We do that through house church. To get together and to pray for each other, to laugh, to go play spike ball, to go do whatever you're going to do. It's ironing, sharpening iron, because I guarantee not all of us are on fire for Christ 100% of the time. In fact, some of us, we may really struggle with this whole God thing and who Jesus is and how that's impacting my life. But to have someone there that's, that's helping us and walking with us and being real with us, there's nothing better than that. One of the things that we're going to begin doing very, very soon is we're going to organize one-on-one discipleship, where as a church, I mean, we're partnered with somebody, and we begin to walk with that person for the next 52 weeks, and we, we begin to just talk about God and, and His Word and what's happening. We begin building relationship because we all need encouragement, don't we? I need encouragement. Hey, feel free to text me whenever you want and say, hey, Aaron, you're doing a good job. Aaron, I like your smile. Well, yeah, you could do that too. We all need encouragement. This life is hard. This life is difficult. And as Paul's in in jail for what he believes in, he goes, I give thanks for you. I give thanks for you. Thank you very much. We're going to have youth going down uh, this weekend, going down to camp in Texas. And uh, if, if you're a youth in this room and you're going to be going down to camp this week, can you guys just, just stand? Go ahead, it's all right. Carter, Zoe. Zoe, you're not standing. Come on, what's that, okay? Um, church, just, would you guys stand and just, just for a second, church? Can, can we pray that when they go down there, they're encouraging each other, that they're sharpening each other, 
that God is speaking love and life over them. So right now, if you would, just, just, just uh, hey, we're going to do a weird prayer. In China, it's kind of it's normal, but here it's really weird, okay? So what we're going to do is we're all just going to begin praying over them, just in our, in our own words, just saying a prayer to them, and then when it gets a little awkward, I'll come over the top of us and we'll pray together. So right now, whatever God is saying to pray over this group and Jeremy and Brittany as they lead them, we, we begin to pray. So on three, let's all pray audibly for our, our kids and our leaders. One, two, three. God, we thank you for what you're doing in the hearts of everyone at Church Project, and especially for our youth that are going down to Texas this week. Would you encourage them, spur them on to love and good deeds? Would you move in their hearts in in massive, massive ways? And I pray that we see a group of young men and women coming back from Texas on fire for who you are, God. We thank you for this opportunity to send them down there. We ask for protection over them, and we ask that you do your thing with them. And it's your name we pray. Amen. Amen, church. Thank you. Hey, if you don't like awkward, don't come here. <laughs> Paul's writing. He's saying, thank, I'm, thank, you, thank you so much for who you are, for who God is. And, and it's just so good in our lives to be encouraged in the things of love and of God, isn't it? We uh, get to verse 17. And 17 and 18 kind of go together here, and it says, that, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation and the knowledge of him, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what, what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the rich of his, riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. In verse 17, if you look at that, it's a prayer that God would give you his spirit of wisdom of who he is. I pray that over my life. I pray that over our life. That verse 17, that we would know that God is giving us his spirit of wisdom about who he is. He's God. He's unfathomable. That's why he's God. And so we pray that he would reveal himself. He would give us his wisdom as to who he is. We get to verse 18, and it's a prayer that Paul is praying that our eyes would be opened. I love those moments where you're just going through life and it's like the scales fall off and you see something new. I mean, it's something maybe that you've learned or you've been taught or you've done a thousand times over, but all of a sudden in this moment, it's like, boom, the lights come on. And Paul's praying that. He's praying that over our lives. We're praying that, that our eyes would be open to where our hope comes from and for who our hope comes from. That we know it's God that's given us all the hope and that our eyes would be open to who he is and how he's doing it. I love this prayer in verse 18. I would like us right now, Chad, I'm just going to read this. Psalms, uh, Psalm 62. 
This is a prayer, um, and I'm going to pray it over us. And I'm going to read this out of the message version, because it's just a beautiful uh, version of Psalm 62. Some of us this week, we may need to go, and we may this week be praying Psalm 62 over our lives, and just thinking about who he is and where our hope comes from. And so, if you want to follow along in the message version, you can, or if you just want to sit and close your eyes and receive this, it's Psalm 62, pray it over you. It says this, God, (laughs) the one and only, I wait as long as he says. Everything I need comes from him, so why not? He is solid rock under my feet, breathing room for my soul, an impregnable castle. I'm set for life. How long will you gang up on me? How long will you run with the bullies? There's nothing to you. Any of you, rotten floorboards, worm-eaten rafters, anthills plotting to bring down mountains, far gone and make-believe, you talk a good line, but every blessing breathes a curse. God, the one and only, I'll wait as long as he says. Everything I hope for comes from him, so why not? He is solid rock under my feet, breathing room for my soul, an impregnable castle. I'm set for life. My hope and glory are in God. Granite strength and safe harbor, God. So trust him, absolutely. People, lay your lives on the line for him. God is a safe place to be. Man as such is smoke. Women as such a mirage. And put them together, they're nothing. Two times nothing is nothing. And a windfall, if it comes, don't make too much of it. God said this once and for all. How many times have I heard it repeated? Strength comes straight from God. Love to you, Lord God. You pay a fair wage for a good day's work. Amen. These are words of life. Maybe you'll reflect on Psalm 62 this week, and Paul is praying for his church in these verses right here. He's saying, I'm praying that you will know that it's his spirit and what his spirit is and that that's where our hope comes from. And in a world that says hope is found in the next credit card that can offer you the best rewards ever, that's a lie. In a world that says if your sports team wins the Super Bowl, then everything's going to be okay, that's a lie. You see, our hope comes from God. And who God is, that's where we hang our hat. I want to go to verse 19. And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power towards us who believe according to the work of his great might? And, and Paul is praying our belief would be in who he is and, and his power and strength. And if you look at verses 17 through 19, there are prayer that Christians who have been richly blessed by God, may learn about the hope, the glory, and the power of God. Can you see the repetition as to what's being said here in this first chapter of Ephesians? The repetition is pretty clear. It's, there's a God. He's chosen everything. He's done everything. And that's where our hope comes from. That's where our redeeming comes from. That's where the payback comes from. That's where our future is to be invested in God and what he's doing. 
Is this, how does this message sit with you guys when you read Ephesians and you begin to think about this? Taken in full summary of that one sentence, verse 3 through 23, one sentence, one run-on sentence from Paul, taken in full summary, the emphasis falls on the present rule of Christ and thus on the different things that, that the Bible talks about. It talks about the end times that is realized in Christ. And we are only creations that walk and live. We, as humans, are the only creations that walk and live in the past, present, and future. He is active in our life and sustains the universe both yesterday, today, and tomorrow. He is Lord. He is unchanging. He's the originator, the sustainer, and the hope of everything that the world offers. I want to wrap up in this because it's hot in here. Are you guys hot? I'm hot. A lot of people fanning and yawning out there. It's hot in here. Verses 20 through 23. Do you, do you read scripture the same way I do? Just look at, your, look at your Bible. What I see here in these verses right here, these three verses, verses 20 through 23, is this beautiful thing called the Trinity. It's God. And it's the dance of him with himself. Like he's dancing in a beautiful way. He's talking about God. He's talking about the Father. He's talking about the Son and how they interact and how they move and where our hope comes from. If you look at these verses, the Father is at work on behalf of his people. So we know the Father is, uh, in, is at work on behalf of his people. Christ is the focus of the Father's activity. In his raising Christ, and exalting him, placing all things under his feet, and appointing him to be head over everything for the church. And the Spirit is the agent of revelation of who God is and what God is doing for us, his church, and his people. You see how much God moves to show you his love? Do you see what he's done on our behalf? Psalms 139 says, Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? And a God that's chased after us from beginning of time till now, when we go through our weeks and we lose our job, when everyone abandons us, when things just seem down and out, and we think, how can it get any worse than this? In the moment of today, and moving through the pains of life, it's such a refreshing bedrock to think, one, Psalms 139 says, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? God is all-encompassing. He is around us all the time. He's loving us and he's chasing after us. And even if we have turned our face and we're running away from God and his love, there's no place on earth we can go to hide. There's no mountain. There's no cave. There's no depth of the sea. There's nothing so bad that you've ever done in your life that God says, oh, that's, that's, that's too much. He goes, I forgive, I love, I've chased, and I continue to. And he lets us as humans move throughout our days. And he lets us make those stupid mistakes. 
And he reminds us that he loves us in those things. And he says, my grace is sufficient for you. Over and over again, my love is chasing after you. And when I hear things like this, it makes me say, God, thank you. I don't, I don't deserve this love. Um, not even sure I understand it fully. But I just know this. This is about you, from you, and for you. And all I can do is receive it. When times of despair may come on us this week, we go to him. We go to God. In your doubt, what do you do? You go to God. When you're feeling weak, what do you do? You go to God. Church, God is head over this whole thing. And I like to say the Catholic church at large, as in every church in the world, God is head over. But let's make it a little more personal. God is in charge of our life. He's directing us and he's loving us. There's no place that we can go to hide from his love. There's nothing so big that he doesn't say, I'm breaking through that time and space and that action to show you my love. And when I encounter that, and when we encounter that in beautiful ways, you know what it causes me to do? Praise God. Praise God. I don't get it, but praise God. That's why we come together on Sundays especially, and and we begin to just worship God through our our incredibly good worship. Um, That's why we're coming together. It's not just because Jeremy and Brittany write amazing songs. I mean, that's, that's great. I like your songs. But it's about praising God, and God's been giving them the songs so our church, we can worship God. Why? For this reason, everything that Paul has said in this first long run-on sentence in the first part of Ephesians, because of all that, what do we do? We say, praise you, God. I'd like to give us a prayer. A lot of closing our eyes today, huh? A lot of standing up and praying out loud. A lot of this weird kind of stuff that I think is, is deep. And full of so much meaning and so much life. And so I want to pray a prayer over us. And it's just what we studied. It's just what we studied in Ephesians. And maybe you can go through and you can pray this prayer over your life this week. But I want to pray this prayer over every single one of us today. That this hope, we would one, our eyes would be open. And we'd understand how much God has pursued us. What he's done for us. How much he loves us. And so would you accept this prayer or blessing over your life today? I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation and the knowledge of him, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness for his power towards us who believe according to the working of his great might. Amen? Let's continue just to pray. And and, um, my prayer in this place is that God would continue to speak to each and every one of us. And so I'd encourage you, just close your Bibles and 
Put your hands out in front of you, just in a, in a position of, of a posture of saying, God, I receive whatever it is you want to show me. And God, I place anything in my hands that you may need. But in this place, I, I want to ask us, just, just begin to talk with God, pray with God, sit with God, and say, God, show me who you are today. God, I thank you for your great might. I thank you for who you are. God, would you speak to us this morning, each and every one of us, in personal ways? And church, as we sit here this morning, uh, whatever God is prompting in your spirit or in your heart, would you talk to him about that? Maybe it's something you're, you're struggling with or you're having a hard time going through or, or something you keep thinking about or something that even is just in your spirit. Would you begin to talk with God and say, uh, Father, God, Daddy, Abba, and then have a conversation with him? And in this conversation, in this sitting with God, would you just ask him, just say, just say, God, is there anything in my life that, that I'm doing, saying, a part of that is just not pleasing to you? It doesn't line up with what, what you have for my life. And if God shows you something and puts something on your heart, would you just confess that? Would you say, God, I'm so sorry, and give, and give him that. Put it in your hands and say, God, please take this away. Cut this out from me. Continue to sanctify me, to be more like you, to be who I already am in you. And just say, here it is, God, I'm tired of it. It's yours. And church, I'm well aware, because I walk in, your, in the same shoes you do, that this life is hard. can get weary so quick. can lose drive so quick. can give up so quick. And so in this place, would we just... Ask God to fill us with who he is. That he would be our strength. He would be our hope. He would be our joy. He would be our sustaining power. He would be our everything. God, I do pray over our church and the people that are sitting in this room and the people listening, wherever they may be, that you would speak into their moment, break through into their dark moments or their moments of weakness, and just let them know how powerful you are. Shake the earth, rock the earth, get their attention, let them know that you are God and you are powerful, you are the source of hope. And any of us, if we're trying on our own, would we give that up and say, God, it's my pride keeping me from you.
I begin to believe the lies of Satan. Our lives, everything about them are about you, and you're using your church and your people to inject hope into dark places. And so, God, thank you. Thank you for that. And church, the cool thing about all of this So we realize when we realize who God is and what he's done in our life, the only proper response is to say thank you and praise you, God. And we just happen to be in a place to gather together this morning where we can do that as a body of Christ. And so because of everything we just said, may we stand May we worship God. May we praise God. May we celebrate who he is and what he's done in our life. Let's stand, church. If you have a kid in in Project Kids, if you'll quietly, quickly go retrieve them and come back together. Let's worship him in unison for who he is and what he's done. May we cry out and say, thank you, God, for who you are.